Hi everyone, this is Klaus Kohlmeier, your host of the Unconstrained Conversation podcast. Just over the last few days, I have received a number of comments from Australia, Singapore and the US, and I wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening. Just this last month, we finally reached over 10,000 downloads from listeners all around the world. Thank you. I couldn't appreciate more of your comments. Please send me a note or contact me on LinkedIn if you have any suggestions or advice of how to make the Unconstrained Conversation podcast even better. So this week in episode 48, we're following on from our conversation about what the hotel industry can learn from retail. We talked about that with Marco last week, and this week we're continuing the exploration of the broader world of retail and e-commerce in a discussion with our own Vice President of Marketing, Engagement and Enablement, Mike Chuma. Like you know, every month I bring somebody from Ideas in to have a in-depth conversation. Before joining Ideas, Mike worked to build the e-commerce infrastructure at one of the largest grocery chains in the US, as well as with Digital River, a key player in the e-commerce infrastructure space. Mike and I talk about the value of data, headless commerce, the increasing importance of merchandising in the hotel industry, the sales correlation between diapers and beer, and the underpinning of data and technology. Finally, Mike shares his advice to aspiring commercial leaders. Enjoy this episode 48 of the Unconstrained Conversation podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening. All right, everyone, welcome back to Unconstrained Conversations. I believe this is episode 48. We're getting to um, almost my age here very soon. So um, soon we'll, uh, we'll succeed uh, the big 5-0 and um, we're, uh, we'll, maybe we'll do something special for the episode 50. But for today, as is the case every month, we have uh, somebody from Ideas joining us and with, uh, with us is uh, Mike Juma who runs a number of things at Ideas, as I mentioned in my introduction. Hi, Mike. Hello, Klaus. You and, are uh, the Vice President of Global Marketing, Engagement, and Enablement. So uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And, you know, just like anybody who uh, is is brave enough to share their, their age with their podcast increments, <laughs> it's just kind of like shooting your age in golf. I mean, that, that just means it gets better <laughs> and better as you, you get higher and higher, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and not only that, we also just uh, hit the 10,000 10, download uh, mark, uh, I think, last week. So um, that was pretty exciting. I've been going for a year now, almost a year. and um, fantastic. 10,000 downloads. And I think 80% of our listeners actually listen to the whole thing, um, which is great. So we're not talking about podcasts today. We're talking about digitalization and commercial success. And um, you have a very, very interesting background. You've come out of uh, retail and e-commerce and uh, e-commerce platforms. And I really wanted to chat with you to talk about your experience in those areas and how they relate to the what you're seeing in hospitality today. Um, and that's following on from our conversation with Marco last week, where we talked about what, what hospitality can learn from retail. So I want to bring kind of not so much the retail environment into the conversation, but the, the e-commerce and digital environment um, and background that you have. So um, 
what are you seeing within the hospitality world? Um, what are the big trends that you're seeing in the big themes? Um, and what is it all going to lead to over the next 12 or 18 months for anyone who's listening who works in a hotel or in a hotel company? Sure, sure. Um, so, the, you know, relating hospitality back to e-commerce, um, I, I don't mean this to be disparaging, but if you think about the way that retail and e-commerce combined uh, starting about 15 years ago um, and, and really culminating about seven years ago, I, I see a massive amount of similarities between where hospitality technology is now versus where e-commerce and e-tail was then. And so one thing that I've noticed in, in coming over and joining ideas from that background is that there's, there is a massive focus on data. And so if you look at how organizations started to get past their own fears of utilizing that data to create better experiences, more loyalty, more, um, more uh, propensity to, to buy and household buying uh, scenarios such as also bots, really driven mostly by you know, the, the advent of Amazon and other types of, mm -hmm. of analytics, it's that data and that understanding of what that guest uh, is really looking to do and what they want to accomplish once you get into that retail environment. Yeah, I think last uh, last podcast, Marco talked about dwell time, you know, going from two and a half hours to say seven and a half hours. That type of experience set is incredibly important in the retail environment. I'll give you a little bit of a, of a, back, of a backgrounder on me. So I started off um, actually in retail banking. Um, and so, you know, looking at that's that concept of share of wallet and then moved into uh, branded products and online selling of branded products and then moving into and eventually running e-commerce grocery delivery for one of uh, the United States largest grocers, Albertsons. And we did full shop, home, pick, pack, deliver to a person's house. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was early on in the 2000s. And the craziest thing that I look at today versus then is the progression of how we utilize that customer's data. So in the retail world, you look for things like, what are the adjacencies? What are the propensities to buy? And what we found when we were looking at um, the behavior of our customer of people coming in store and how we started to serve up the e-commerce experience is that we needed to understand their intent. What do they want to do there? Very similar to the, to the, to the hospitality world to where, is it a business segment? Is it a is it a leisure traveler? So you can start to tune that experience. Once we started figuring that out, we saw a massive amount of growth in our, our price or our cart, uh, our cart per person. So we would have you know people coming in for their top-up shops spending $27 a couple of times a week, but in their online presence, they were spending on average $160, resulting in one person spending more than $2,000 a year more with you. Because not just a loyalty program, it was the access and the ease of how you utilized and how you presented the amenities or the ancillary spends to them so you could take advantage of those aspects. So, you know, kind of using that as, as, a, as an analogy, it comes back to that data. What, what do they want to do? What are they most likely to buy? And what are their propensities? So you could serve them up the most likely next scenario or the price that will make them move forward. Um, if you think about you know, really another um, thing that allows for us to look at the key trends, I think, you know, there, there in, in lies is you've got efficiency. So what I mean by that is efficiency is, is in how you're delivering the technology 
and how you're delivering those capabilities so you can make it easy for the guests. But in reality, it's very difficult behind the scenes as you're making that transition. And so for hotel organizations, I think a good example to look back at is Adobe and Salesforce. So, um, you know, my, my experience set, as Klaus mentioned previously, was e-commerce platforms. And one of the things that we did, I worked at a company called Digital River. And they started off and they made a category. And if, um, if you remember the aisles and aisles and aisles at Carphone Warehouse or your Tesco or your Best Buy, all those packages of CDs that you would plug into your computer and you'd yeah. load it into your computer. Yeah. Well, we... You know, like the, the software, software packages, right? Right. To upload so, your software, right? And, and this, this company started, you know, well before, this was going on well before I joined, but they made the transition of, of finding a, a, you know, an ease to be able to get something to a user. So they delivered the software to over the internet. That then turned into an e-commerce platform play. And what we saw uh, about starting about seven years ago was the need to transition away from providing everything in one massive software package mm-hmm. to being able to break it up into best of breed suites. And that started with API and microservices. And so they started looking at the impact of e-commerce on overall retail based upon the buying percentages, but it then became very difficult because you created an incongruent experience from one channel to the other. And organizations needed to figure out how to be efficient so they could keep up with the innovation taking place. And that's very similar to what's happening right now in the hospitality industry is that you've got very entrenched, very well-constructed base capabilities such as your PMS and your CRS, and they're having to innovate as well to get the data above property so you can have the ability to have best of breed, smaller suite um, technologies mm-hmm. kind of come in and not have to buy the whole kit and caboodle um, with that because you're, you're more apt to fail and your cost of switching later on is high, but your cost of inability to innovate is even higher. And that's what's driving, I think, uh, the the movement towards efficiency in the hospitality technology space. And you're seeing that with some innovators like Apoleo, um, ourselves, and, and other folks. Right, right. So, so in, in, in the e-commerce world, you have this concept of headless commerce or headless e-commerce, right? Which is right. Um, kind of what you're describing. It's a, it's a connected ecosystem driven by very efficient integrations, um, services rather than software. And mm-hmm. you're able to break, decompose, and recompose these services in many different ways in many different fashions. Is that is that something you're seeing in the hotel technology world as well? Um, I, that trend towards this this headless headless technology. Uh, it's starting, right? So the trend is moving towards that, and I think what's driving it is is a concept of democratization. We, you know, mm-hmm. if you think about the commercial, the C-suite or the commercial organization, they're they're having to utilize that data and they're having to be able to bring different sources in to make different decisions in a much more efficient manner so they can keep up with the speed of guest innovation. And quite frank, frankly, over the last year, the speed of micro and macro market influences. And so it, it really what's driving the fragmentation, and I think that's a positive fragmentation, is driving that fragmentation is the need for speed, the need for efficiency, and the need for the ability to determine what your core capabilities are, like revenue management and property management systems, but yet also then have the ability to connect it differently. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just starting. And so what that really means is that a hotel organization can go out and assemble their technology stack without having to build it themselves. 
and provide a much more, a much richer ability to impact the business outcomes that they need to have for their guests and their guest experience. They don't need to be an IT organization anymore. Right. Do we? Do you feel we're going to hear more and more about what capabilities do I want and what services do I want, even when we talk about technology, rather than what system do I want? Uh, because uh, it'll be much become much more about the, the services, the capabilities that that people buy and stack together like Lego blocks versus just buying a system and and uh, and and maybe using sixty percent or seventy percent of what the, the the system's capabilities are. It'll become much more customized to some extent. Um, I I think. So the answer, yeah, the the quick answer to that is yes. I think that mm -hmm. the speed of adoption is going to range based upon the financial situation, the size of the estate, the complexity of the the estate, and the property types. But but in general, you know, if you take a look at previous um, previous examples of of technology disruption, you know, make no bones about it, the travel industry itself and the hotel industry itself was at the very forefront of technology innovation and the way that guests could consume or they could choose where they wanted to stay and how they could search. And the OTAs did a great job of being able to, to, to democratize that, right? Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to being able to handle how you're managing all of that, I do think it's going to, it's fragmentation is not the right word. It's going to be, people are going to be focused on the services and most importantly, the enabling capabilities of said vendors that they choose to have to be able to make sure that they can focus on the most important aspect for whatever their estate, their asset ownership, or their investment company's goals are. Or the sophistication level of their people, right? Or the, the, the complexity of their hotels, right? Well, and I also think that, the, that there's going to be a, a minor disruption in the services consumption. And when I say services, I don't mean API microservices. What I mean is, is that it then comes into a change in terms of, of not just the technology, but at the process and the people. We're seeing a massive disruption of how organizations are staffing themselves, which is bringing that back to things like you know, do we see more clustering in certain areas? What's happening to the revenue management role? How are sales and marketing and distribution teams starting to work together? You know, as we talk about you know, optimizing your commercial operation, it's all those aspects. And if you don't link those back and you don't have the ability to focus on the people in the process and leverage the great minds that are in the industry these days now out consulting, then you know effectively you're going to you're going to turn that into a commoditized technology purchase and I, that I don't think that's going to be the best output for anybody no i like the word democratic democratization right which, which is kind of generally what's been happening with technology right we have more and more technology in in more and more people's hands literally um where, where before any technology was was used and accessible only to a few privileged people, it's become more and more democratized, right? And 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 I guess Android and Google and others and Apple have been driving that um, for the last uh, 15 years or so. So we, we, we're seeing the same kind of in hotel technology where more and more types of hotels, even the smallest hotel and independently owned hotel is able to get pretty sophisticated tools that they could just plug in and, and, and have worked together very efficiently. Right. Yeah, right? absolutely. Right. I mean, so, so, you mentioned yeah, go ahead. Android, iOS, et cetera, but it's also the advent of AWS um, and Microsoft Azure and other ways to get that data into a more consolidated fashion and, you know, go out and consume more of it so we can people can make more of it. Yeah. 
So, so talk to me. You touched on it in the beginning about merchandising. Um, you talked about increasing, you know, the the, the basket size of shoppers, right? In the in the retail, um, merchandising is a very, and total revenue and and driving revenue and driving profitability is is currently a huge theme in the in in the industry. Um, you know, Core has this concept of augmented hospitality. We see a lot of stuff happening in the lifestyle world and boutique hotel world. So, so the, the concept of merchandising and experience where the room is just one component that you buy and you're buying a lot of other things that, that you can just throw on top of it reminds me of what you're talking about in the retail world, right? So how do you see that developing or what kind of what, what gets you most excited as, as you're looking at the hotel industry uh, and when you think about merchandising? Yeah, I mean, the, the concepts are, are, are essentially the same. It's, it's understanding yeah. It's understanding your product mix and the profitability of that product mix, and the and it's the term is called adjacencies in the in the retail mm. market. If you walk into your uh, into your store, there's a reason why outside of what's called shelf slotting, so you pay for the placement in the in the the marketplace. But um, but in reality, there's you know it, it's it's making sure that you can get the penetration of wallets of that particular shopper. Or that particular guest, and so things like um, the old joke in the retail world is that you've got diapers and beer, um, and we ran a study that showed that there is actually a higher spend rate. In, uh, there's a higher correlation between diapers and beer sales, um, but there's other and there's other things called you know basically loss leader categorization, mm -hmm. and so um, to map that back to the hotel world is that you know that. You may be able, and this is a very basic concept, and many people already do this. But the basic concept is, is that you know that you're going to have a loss leading or a profit squeezed attractant. So maybe that's the room or the room type. But then you're able to continue to get higher value bundling on top of that for um, views, for experiences, for you know uh, private check-ins, for health screenings, for you know. If you look at the Mexican, uh, the Mexican resort market and the Caribbean resort market, I, I would love to see how much business has been driven recently uh, um, based upon their COVID uh, quarantine strategies mm -hmm. and de-risking that. Right. Um, and so you you look at ways to bundle together profitability to meet what the guests need, but you got to have that data to understand how you can create different stacks of products to be able to merchandise on your direct site or into your uh, into your you know. Uh, OTAs. Mm -hmm. So, what does that mean for the commercial leader of the future? What, what, what? You know, somebody who is kind of moving from revenue management or revenue leader to a commercial leader, looking at all the different tabs and all the different levers that they have at their disposal to drive revenue and and, and drive profitability. Ultimately, um, it seems to me it's becoming more and more complex and more and more complicated, right? Um, so, what what would you suggest to somebody who's just taking a commercial leadership position? Yeah, it's it's a good question. So, uh, see if I can do this in in as many there's <laughs> as few bullet points as possible. Few words. Um, so, if if I'm coming in and and wanting to apply some of these principles, you you already it's assumed that you already understand the concept of pricing and price elasticity and and just being a revenue manager, you understand the concept of of uh, demand and supply. But if I'm coming into a commercial organization, I would really start to look at uh, how am I assembling the data that I have based upon the business segment and what my target mix is. 
you need to un- to map it back to a you know an analogy. You need to understand the people and the demographics and the psychographics of the people coming into the door versus what they actually do. Because in some cases, the channel and the interaction style that they have of that guest um, are going to vary wildly from when they get before the door to into the door. So mm-hmm. you need to understand how to be able to look for those levers. I would say one thing is um, maybe a little bit different than other people would tell you. If you want to take a retail experience set and apply it to this, similar to what Marco did, you need to understand the impact on operations and not just operations on how to turn rooms faster, but understanding the impact on operations that make you do the little things right and layer that into your overall impacts on the ROI of that program. Um, to give you an example, one of the things that we had to do in, in the e-commerce space when we were doing groceries was returns. The biggest complaint was both internally, which caused programs not to be adopted by the store managers, but also was the biggest complaint by the buyer was how do I return something if I get an e-commerce delivery, if I like my bananas yellow and the ones that I got are brown. Mm-hmm. And so those types of things is understanding the operations understanding the distribution mechanisms and the small touch points will really help inform your segmentation and your pricing and your 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 uh, your target market approach. Yeah, Marco talked about that last week and finding that uh, soft spot, right, in, in, in mm-hmm. bringing technology and hospitality together, getting the data and understanding the data and turning that into real opportunities. So, so my last question, Mike, is um, I always ask that. So somebody who's starting out, who's just graduating, and lots of students are listening to um, the Unconstrained Conversation podcast. Um, yeah. What are your, what are your uh, words of wisdom to somebody who's just starting out? Uh, you've kind of moved between industries and between sectors. Um, what's, uh, what's, your, what, what's your guidance? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I don't know if I'm actually qualified to answer it, but, <laughs> but you know, I, what I would say is that don't be afraid, don't be afraid, one, to ask questions, but most importantly, to listen to understand um, and, and listen to understand across a diverse experience set. Um, you will be judged in many cases upon your technical capabilities and your ability to deliver. And so understand that your ability to move upward and outward into an, in a, into an organization or a career set is the, is the way that you deliver your work, but you never want to shortchange yourself in, in terms of understanding how to listen to understand rather than listen to respond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So be open to listening. Be and, open to and listening. speak up. <laughs> and speak up. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, maybe that's a little bit of tried advice, but I think the other aspect too is always, always, always look for experience sets in other industries mm. because just because it's in another industry does not mean that it cannot be applicable and not be innovative in yours. Yeah. I was just going to ask you because you, you, you've moved from, from banking to retail to e-commerce Mm-hmm. To uh, technology or software development, right? So, so do you yeah. feel that's been a, that's been helpful? Is that something a party would recommend people jump between industries and, and try out different things? Uh, me personally, yes, because mm-hmm. it gives you a broader experience set. It can be difficult in in this hyper this this day and age of hyper specialization. Um, you you see you know a faster path to 
more title success or monetary success and hyper specialization. But once you get to a certain level, if you don't have that broad experience set or at least a broad experience set within your current industry, then you, you could be you could you could have blind spots. Um, mm-hmm. it, it gives you a greater appreciation of what other people have been around and through. And um, it quite honestly gives you a better opportunity to think, think critically and constructively. Great. Well, Mike, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for your, um, for your input and your insights. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining the, the podcast and um, anyone who's listening. Um, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star comment. Um, and give us a good rating. And as always, please subscribe uh, to make sure that you can continue to follow us uh, wherever your preferred uh, channels are. So thanks for that, Mike. Appreciate your time. Thank you. It was an honor and I appreciate being unconstrained. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes, link to the episode, help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.